Rock 102, Springfield's Clash of Rockets. Oh, geez, I should start the uh, the thing. There you go. Ah, oh, there we have it. Yeah. I was wondering why you were starting this day with such a bleak, dark song. <laughs> I know. I probably should have turned things around. It's 535 with back Steve and Dave in Rock 102. Well, not bleak and dark for the weather. Highs in the low 50s today. Next week, we're going to have 50s and 60s, by the way. But the weekend, low 40s tomorrow with rain changing to snow in the afternoon. Like 100% chance of accumulation and precipitation tomorrow. John Oates from Hall & Oates is going to be joining us. I have been... I have been boning up in his schedule for like a full week Not trying really? to prepare myself for this interview. All right. I've been uh, I've been looking at Daryl Hall's schedule and seeing what he's up to. Don't confuse me. Let's compare notes. No. No, I am focused. I am single-minded. We're going to talk about uh, John Oates later on this morning. I don't need to do any research. I know these guys like the back of my hand. Not What's really. in the back of your hand? <laughs> Not, Not really. There was that- a guy in my fraternity, by the way, who was uh, a huge Hall & Oates fan. Yeah. We, we wondered about him. <laughs> was he cranking up Maneater from the dorm room? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's upsetting. It's you- 536 at Back Steve and Dave and Rock 102. How cold is it out there? When will it switch to freezing rain? Rock 102 is always live and local with up-to-the-minute storm information and reports. Powered by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Winter Storm Headquarters before and after the storm. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551 and David Bowie in Rock 102. More snow coming tomorrow afternoon, rain in the morning. Uh, today, highs in the low 50s, then back next week into the 50s and even 60s. So we got that. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well through the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. And Kim Kardashian is getting backlash after being called offensive and harsh for her advice for women in business. In a clip from her Variety interview, she said, quote, I have the best advice for women in business. Get your effing ass up and work. It seems like nobody wants to work these days. You have to surround yourself with people that want to work, have a good work environment where everyone loves what they do because you have one life, no toxic work environments, and show up and do the work. Well, uh, that has not been well received. Actress uh, Jamila Jamil says, I think if you grew up in Beverly Hills with super successful parents in what was uh, simply a smaller mansion, nobody needs to hear your thoughts on success or work ethic. Couldn't she uh, have said this in a video which you could purchase on YouPorn for thirteen ninety five? We haven't gotten to that yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> and uh, people are saying, one Twitter user said, Kim seems to have the most hustle of the bunch, but to ignore the pre-career privilege of famous uber-rich father and a vast L.A. network that included Paris Hilton is tone-deaf at best, offensive at worst. Have you seen her backside, by the way, recently? Pictures of it? No. I mean, it is. It's enormous. I mean, oh, I, like, nice. guys are it, like they're they find her attractive. I I don't. I do you guys do you guys find her attractive or not? I don't. I don't I've, either. I never have. So, and I think she's just like too much. She's, right. 
So yeah. what is? Why is there such a big deal about her? I, I don't. I, I don't think get it. She's just a cat's ass. <laughs> she built a brand. They, you know, it's like let's go look into what rich people, how rich people live, and we have struggles too. <sighs> you know that kind of thing. I just don't get any aspect of the right. fascination with her. What are you talking about? You, do, do you realize how hard it is to keep up with those people? <laughs> yeah. Okay. She got. Hey, uh, that's a name for a show. Hold on a second. You want to? She so she was getting. Uh, she was getting pounded over this whole thing. Really. Yeah. She must have had something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I was pounded like this was when Ray J took his meat mallet and pounded the beef smellington. And it looked so bad like a blown out tractor tire in a cranberry bog from that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for $39.95. And, uh, Caitlin? <laughs> no, we never. We didn't have anybody else. We didn't have. No. Kanye? No. No. Baby, I love you. Come back. I don't care how many of those meat mallets <laughs> have been in your smellington. I love beef smellington uh, so much. Bet you do. I do. Nicholas Cage says the version of himself that he plays in the unbearable weight of massive talent is very exaggerated. <laughs> I have a lot of quiet moments at home with just my cat reading. Do do we want to show any of that? No, because no. it's not fun. Uh, okay. Why would anybody want to see what's going on in Nicholas Cage's life? Anyway? I, I have no idea. Now, see, I. I that I'm not interested in. Kardashian stuff, Dave. I could watch that all day long. Well, <laughs> yeah, okay. Nicolas Cage's ass isn't as good looking, I guess. It's uh, taken almost 35 years, but the 1987 classic The Princess Bride finally has an official cookbook. So soon? It's about time. Hmm. It, uh, waiting on that one. It includes over 50 recipes for dishes seen in and inspired by the movie. Some examples of dishes include the grandson soup and sandwich, bread pirate Roberts, uh, Inigo Montoya's A Taste of Revenge. Oh, my God. Uh, Two Wolves Kiss Cookies. <laughs> Fezzik Stew and uh, Vinzini's Sicilian Meatballs. Inconceivable. Yeah, right, right. What, what about <laughs> Mowage? Well, that was the too, Two right? Wolves co oh, Kiss Cookies. Gotcha, okay. yeah. right. Is anyone going to buy this cookbook? No. I, I, I bet you there's people who are fans of The Princess Bride still that... Uh, I love The Princess Bride, yeah, but, but I'm not buying a cookbook. I'm well, not that hungry. It's not like, you know, if the show was based around, uh, I don't know, based around food, mm -hmm. you know, that might make right. more sense. I, right. don't, I don't remember anything from that movie going, oh, God. You know, like in Harry Potter, they have the butter beer. Sure. Yeah. You know, and then people recreate that all over. with It's like I, butterscotch and what? I've had it down at the yeah, it's, like, it's like soda. Yeah. It's like, yeah right? That's yeah, good. Yeah. See, yeah. but that makes sense because that was something that yeah. was referenced in the thing. Right. I never heard of any of this stuff referenced in the Prince. No, it's Bride. a stretch. It's a stretch. Yeah. It's Two also 30 years overdue, so. 35 years overdue. Even still. That's how old you are, my friend. Just remember that. Yeah, I have you to remind me. The uh, B-52s will guest on uh, Miranda Lambert's new album, uh, Palomino. It's coming out on April 29th, and we'll also have a cover uh, of the Mick Jagger song, Wandering Spirit. Good choice. Ten roof! Rusted! Miranda Lambert's pregnant? What? <laughs> uh, Red Hot Chili Pepper guitarist John Frusciante. How do you say it? Frusciante? Frusciante. Frusciante. Yeah. Says his obsession with the occult led him to uh, quit the band in 2009. Quote, the occult uh, <laughs> tends to magnify whatever you are, and I was an imbalanced mess. Yeah, between, between the occult and the blasts of heroin. Well, he rejoined in 2019, I think because the occult didn't work out the right. way he wanted, had it planned. Uh, Jesse Smollett was sentenced to 30 months of felony probation for faking a hate crime against himself in Chicago in 2019. 
The sentence includes 150 days in county jail. He began serving that sentence immediately. Now, what's his best-known acting credit again? I know the guy's name because he's been in the news, but I don't think I've seen anything he's ever done. What, what was his show that he was known for? Uh... You know what? I don't remember. Was it like Chicago Hope or was it no, like it wasn't uh, Chicago Hope? Or was it Didn't that uh, show go off the air like 20 years ago? <laughs> I don't remember what See? What, what show. Was it Black was Panther? Wasn't it? No. <laughs> no, it wasn't Black Panther. Uh, see, I can't even find it. Was it that? Know. Was one of those medical shows? Wasn't it? Well, I just, he was a. It was Grey's a. Very, Anat- was it Grey's Anatomy? No, it wasn't no. Grey's Anatomy. Uh, Marcus Welby. It was uh, Saint Elsewhere. Saint Elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Right. I'm glad we finally got down to that one. <laughs> Shows you how dialed in the three of us are. No, but it was, a, you know what? That's the thing. He has shifted all of the focus of his career onto this one incident yeah. that I don't even remember. And it was something like, it was something uh, popular, too. Yes, it was. People are yelling at their radios right now, yelling um, the name out. Yes. All those Smollett fans. <laughs> what was it? Well, he's in uh, The Mighty Ducks. He was in uh, Rob Reiner's North. <laughs> he was in uh, Ridley Scott's Alien Covenant. But that's not the one he was famous for. I, no, I, right. of course not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's see. You know what? We don't have time to Empire. 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 That's Empire. it. That's Damn it, it. People, you, know, you stop right. yelling at the radio now. And that's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. <laughs> Integrity. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 611 and the Rolling Stones on Rock 102. Oh, uh, I'm the weather guy right now. Is that uh, is that how this is going? Yeah, you do that. Yeah, I, I, I missed rehearsal this morning. <laughs> I apologize. We had it all blocked out and everything. It's, uh, it's going to be, I'll tell you in a second, uh, well, uh, mostly cloudy for it today with a high of 53. Tomorrow, a mix of rain and snow could see some accumulation possible and a high of 39. It's 26 right now in downtown Springfield. Now, I know we didn't get enough... Ranch dressing talk yesterday. Oh, God. Oh, no, boy. No. So at this time that we talked about that and covered that ground. So mm. uh, I just had one last thing to say about that. Yesterday it was announced that apparently Hidden Valley Ranch created a diamond out of its ranch dressing mix. Mm. James Corden was talking about it last night on his show. They made an actual diamond out of Hidden Valley Ranch. It really, <laughs> really makes you wonder what is ranch dressing? <laughs> See? Uh-huh. Everybody's See? got that question on their mind, right? Yeah, I think people were dying to know, hey, I hope they talk about that ranch dressing thing they talked about yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that uh, Corden would also call it ranch dressing like you did <laughs> exactly. yesterday. Well, it's, it is ranch dressing. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the way he eats it, yeah, probably. Man ranch, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and then he added about the diamond from the ranch dressing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is one way to make sure your fiancé cries when you propose, isn't it? <laughs> Get her that ranch dressing diamond. There you go. Mm-hmm. Ranch. Hey, uh, uh, real uh, quick here. Last night I was at the uh, at the student friends of my good time friends at the fort. I know. I saw a video of you. Wow. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Some guy sent me a video of you uh, walking around. Limp- a- I'm sorry, limping around, right. uh, grabbing tips from a, a bucket. Well, see, that's the whole thing. The, these uh, celebrity bartending things, I mean, mm-hmm. nine out of ten times, uh, the term celebrity is a little loose. You know, it's like, yeah, what constitutes a Local celebrity. Well, like last night, I mean, me, Cohen, Ray Gilmet, the Ray of Elvis. I mean, you're talking about stacking the deck. I mean, that was a that was a hell of a turnout. Well, plus you could get sympathy tips last night if you, you know if you did limp around a little bit, you'll play it up, yeah. maybe, right? Yeah, I'm limping around for Boy Scouts. But you know, the way to do it is not to just be, you know serving booze to these uh, to these drunken people. Mm-hmm. The way to do it is to uh, 
is to go around the bar and shame them into donating yep. for a worthy cause. Gotcha. Now, last night, I have to tell you, you've done a, you, we've done a bunch of these things, right? Mm-hmm. Steve, you ever do these uh, kinds of things, Dave? Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bar- okay. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Last night, they raised about $27,000 wow. for the Boy Scouts. That's awesome. That was unbelievable. One of the things that they did that, and we mentioned him when we talked to uh, Mike Sakenti yesterday about this, mm-hmm. is they, uh, in, in their uh, their press release, you were able to donate online before it started. So they started off with a good chunk of cash just based on the interview that uh, Mike did yesterday. Mm-hmm. So by the time, nice. and, and that 27000 is not an official number, there still may be more rolling in but nevertheless that was a, a good turnout and, and a damn fine time we're too drunk to count we'll let you know the amount in the morning what well, the thing the funny part about it is if you go i use what i do is like i grab a bucket any bucket and i grabbed a, a like it was like a champagne bucket mm-hmm. and a muddle and i started banging on the champagne bucket and and you know basically going around the bar shaking <laughs> people down for cash so and the thing is they're so drunk they forget yeah. that they've already given money to the previous <laughs> mm. celebrities behind the bar. Mm-hmm. I'm just another celebrity down there making noise. Did a good job then. I'll tell you what, that's the way to do it. You got to shake these people down. We used to do those uh, the ones of the John Boyle Club every year. Yeah, right. There was a there was Dave. There's this place is an Irish club mm-hmm. in Springfield called the John Boyle O'Reilly Club. Okay. And every year they would have this celebrity bartending thing, and it was uh, it was uh, Bax, myself, and. Uh, I think there was somebody else, but I, I don't remember. remember. Well, they had a big rock uh, band there about a year ago, too, I think. Uh, one of the bands from Laser, when I was over doing the morning show there, they had a yeah, big... Yeah, it was Collective Soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, uh, no, not... Uh, no, uh, I think Runaway was... Train. Who was that Oh, one? yes. Uh, Soul Asylum? Soul yes. Asylum. Yeah, they had Soul, Soul Asylum. Asylum, yeah. Wow. So they were, uh, they were at uh, the John Boyle Club. But anyway, it's it's not that big of a place, mm-hmm. like, but they pack all these people into this. It's one of these go-to uh, clubs that people have events around the area. And they're all tanked. I mean, yeah. they're all all cocked up and stuff. <laughs> nice. Unf- unfortunately, they've stopped doing that, that bartend, celebrity bartending thing. They don't do it at the Boyle anymore? I don't know if it was a – somebody told me it was like a change in management or something to that effect that they weren't doing that whole thing. And then, uh, But that we were the ones – that raised the most money, more so than Richie Neal, because they would have these celebrity bartender mm-hmm. nights like uh, throughout the year, and then we, the ones we the ones we did, we we blew him away. So what we would do is we would take like an empty case of uh, a beer, like the, the, the cardboard yeah. case, yeah. and we'd go around yeah. and we'd shame people, like you know. And I would always do that, go around the bar, yeah. like you know, four or five times mm-hmm. during the hour that we were doing it. And people just forget how much money they gave. Well, yeah, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't anywhere near twenty seven grand, but it was like two grand. But it was still a pretty good night for an hour and a half's worth of work. For mm-hmm. those cheap people, you're absolutely that's a hell of a, those a cheap hell of a Irish haul. those cheap Irishmen over there. That's it, hell of a haul. Well, you had a good night last night. It's so very, did I. It's so, a very good night. So did I. I was I'm at, sorry, Dave. We're all out of time. <laughs> <laughs> I can save it for no, later. No, 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 go ahead. I know you're kidding. No, me. you went to a uh, like the uh, the what was it the. Baseball Hall of Fame thing? The Western Mass Baseball Hall of Fame induction ceremony for 2022. I have the program right in front of me here. Ooh, look at that. Valley Blue Sox were on hand and a bunch of other celebrities on hand. We had a great meal, by the way, at Twin Hills. We had uh, some chicken and some beef and some salad with ranch dressing on it. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah, they don't mess around over there. (laughs) And uh, some of the uh, people speaking were awesome. This guy, Charles Royce who was the baseball coach at Springfield College from 79 to 96. He's kind of an old-timer, but, man, he was funny. He brought the house down a couple of times last night. All right. And um, also uh, Mike Tremblay. 
the oh. former big league pitcher. Yeah, and I'm like one of the best amateur golfers in the area. I understand as well. He like, used to pitch for uh, the Dodgers. Yeah, pitch for the Dodgers, pitch for the Twins, and told some great stories and had everybody cracking up. His last kids night. used to swim with my kids. Really? Yes. Yeah, great guy. Uh, Mark Wallers was one of those honored last night, but he couldn't make it. But his his battery mate, his catcher from like little league all the way through high school accepted his award on his behalf, and that guy was really funny last night as well. He's got his own burger joint in downtown Springfield, and he can't come to the area? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. You're thinking of Mark Wahlberg. All right. Yes, not Mark Wallers. <laughs> By the way, Mark Mark Wallers, uh, who's a Holyoke guy, he threw one of the only combined no-hitters in Major League Baseball history. You know, like where three different pitchers combined on a no-hitter. Yeah. He was with the Braves. and But also, the highlight for me was hanging out with Mr. Dom Dom last night. Was Mayor night. Dom Dom? Mayor yeah. Dom Dom hanging out with you? He is He yeah. is a dingbat. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Oh, no. We will be careful. You don't <laughs> no, do no, step no. in the dingbat pile. You, uh, you haven't... Uh, I would be careful calling that man a dingbat. Yeah, to, everybody else is a dingbat, yeah. but not not the mayor. He, oh, hell uh, no. He's, I'll tell you, he's he's funny, and he is so comfortable being an... He was the MC of the event last night. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic, I will say. He, lo- he seems so popular with people. I mean... I don't know why, but he's... It's the hair. Yeah. It's the yeah. perfect hair. And he loves you guys, and he seems to love this new show. And he mentioned our show by name, you know. Well, he of course he would, because he likes horrible things. For, and this no. is a horrible, horrible <laughs> thing. He, he, he gave yeah. us probably three or four yeah. shout-outs during yeah. his MC duties that's, last that's night. That's his way of saying, put me on your show. Yeah, <laughs> put me on the show. Put me on the show again. Mayor Dom Dom wants to be on that morning program you got there, Coombs. I want to be on the show. You know, we'd like to bust chops. Don't uh, mess with me. There's a lot of people with bats around here I can take and bust some heads, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, he was a catcher for AIC, I guess, back in the day. You ever seen his hands? He's got like a like a pinky that goes sideways. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Oh, my God. Dom Sarno was a catcher? You know how many things I could do with Don't that? you start. Yeah. Don't you even dream about it. <laughs> Who is the pitcher? <laughs> you stop that Charlie right there. Ryan. Will you stop that, please? <laughs> I'm glad you had a good time. That's it, awesome. L- very good time last night. It's 620 with Max, Steve, and Dave and Rock 102. Hey, Carla and Talia and Nico. In celebration of St. Patrick's Day, we're going to give you more green for your car. Luck. Rock 102, Springfield's Class of Rock. Hey, nothing nothing like a song about a kid shooting himself in front of his classmates to get back at him for all the torment they got to start the day than Jeremy and Pearl Jam on Rock 102. Oh, you, thanks. You yeah. got that right, Steve. Between that and the Soundgarden song earlier, man, this is going to be a great day. Well, I'm sure Pearl Jam has raised a lot of money for good causes based on that song. I got to look at the bright side, yeah. Steve. Come but, on, man. Did they raise $27,000 at the fort last night? No, they did not. No, I probably not. It's back, Steve and Dave. we got highs in the low 50s today, low 40s tomorrow with rain tomorrow changing to snow in the afternoon. Along with that tomorrow, by the way, a gale warning from about Saturday 10 a.m. tomorrow until Sunday at 7 a.m. Who's this Gail? Who are you talking about? Um, uh, Gail King. Ah, Gail King. Gail I love King. Gail King. Yeah, right. Hey, Today I Learned is brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Today you can learn how Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. And now it's time. Where's the music, <laughs> goddammit? It's <laughs> a dramatic pause. We get anything pause. right around here. Dramatic pause. Today I learned. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Today I learned that the uh, New Jersey State Assembly voted to honor Bruce Springsteen's song Born to Run as the rock theme of New Jersey. 
The bill did not pass in the state Senate when it was realized that the song was actually about running away from New Jersey. They got this whole thing. There was a radio DJ on this station, and this was a station when uh, you know that was popular when I was a kid down there too. WPLJ. Oh yeah, it was like they sure. played all the rock and uh, sure. all that stuff. And and it was a DJ on there who started the petition to get all the. It was all these listeners that wanted to get this song as the state anthem, and is they that did. A new bit? It is a new bit, and they uh, they did, and it got all the way up, and, and they had this whole thing <sighs> written, you know, like one of those proclamations, uh, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, Bruce Springsteen, uh, they were like he was, they were thanking him for the Asbury Park, New Jersey album. Right. And then they realized, yeah, this song is about getting the hell out of this dump. This song isn't about uh, wanting to stay here and the love for it. Mm. So they uh, they never got to vote on it. So there you go. Right, why, got- why anybody wants to believe what comes out of the mouths of radio people is beyond me. I have no idea. Well, all have, the people. I have a question. Like, Why when Steve gives a fact like that, why is it so widely embraced by the class here? And when I do it... You guys crap all over. I got that question. Because it's a fact people want to (laughs) hear. All right. (laughs) And that is Today Island with Max, Steve, and Dave. Coming up next in the news, you won't believe where the New England fisherman landed straight ahead on Rock 102. Hi, I'm Jeff Serra from Serra. With back Steve and Dave and Rock 102, it's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. It's time for news, and here's Dave Coombs. So we were talking about the weather a few minutes ago and that gale warning that's going to be in effect from tomorrow morning around 10 a.m. until Sunday morning around 7 a.m. Along with that, it hasn't been, well, it's been a long time since Boston surpassed Worcester in total snow accumulation. Not since 1974 has Boston held the title, but according to the National Weather Service, it may happen this year. This season's first dusting back in Thanksgiving, and now Boston has totaled 53.8 inches of snow. Worcester closely behind at 52.1. I don't have the stats for Springfield here. Maybe if we have a late-season rush, we could win the thing. I don't know. Get snow. Get snow. Get snow. Get snow. To the window! To the wall! To the slurry drop down my my bridge. There you go. You guys are brilliant on lyrics. Mm. Well, you well, we can't really no, say that one. We're brilliant at self-editing and knowing mm, yeah. that if we keep on going, we may not be working here. Hey, the latest on the Ukraine. Disney halting all business in Russia now. TV channels, Disney Cruise Lines, National Geographic tours and related activities. Meantime, hundreds of thousands in Ukraine without food, water, and medical care at the moment as the bombing continues. Bombing. Yeah, you know, I uh, I read a story that uh, that Stoli uh, mm-hmm. vodka. Stoli vodka. Yep. Right, they're yeah. they're they're dropping the name. It's just gonna be known as Stoli. Right. No, no. Because uh, they don't want people to realize it's Russian. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it in fact Russian still, or is it one of those things that was picked up by uh, you know the beverage companies that yeah. changed the name of it or, or changed the recipe or make it somewhere else? Well, right? I mean, I believe that uh, the guy that owns it is. Uh, is is well it was made in the soviet union but then uh then it, i i believe it's been processed and distilled other places it, it has but i think it, the, to your point Bax, it's like they want to get rid of the russian name mm-hmm. you know and make it something shorter so. you know there's also a lot of other vodkas in the world that you mm-hmm. could drink yeah pop off that's the good stuff. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you what, there, there's a time and a place for a big bottle of pop-off. My dad used to drink that. I told you, he used to take the V8 bottle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right. He would put it in the fridge with, 
He'd dump half of the V8 out and then fill the rest of it with pop-off. And then uh, he would just have his own ready-mixed Bloody Marys Mm -hmm. ready to go. And then uh, my mom would have to tell guests to come over to the house, don't drink the tomato juice. (laughs) Well, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Yeah, well, he had it for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snack time as well. (laughs) Well, he's going to love that new new Guinness breakfast beer we talked about earlier in the week then, too. He's probably enjoying that right now. (laughs) He was do- no. He, well, he's been he, dead for a long. Yeah, he's time. been dead for twenty three years. <laughs> okay, I don't know. So uh, we had a house fire overnight in Springfield. One person, unfortunately, has passed away. The fire broke out at sixty three Wilmont Street. Was extinguished uh, four a.m. Three people have been displaced and are being assisted by the Red Cross. One confirmed fatality, as I said, according to the Springfield Fire Department. No further information immediately available on this. Uh, second one this week yeah. in the area yeah. uh, with a death, and uh, what a ho- again uh, a horrible, horrible thing that you that you, you'd have a house fire. It's something that you can't control. You you can't you don't know your surroundings. You're waking up in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden your room's filled with smoke. It's right. really hard. If fire safety, I, I don't mean to sound like uh, you know the old dad. Here, yeah, but, I know. Uh, fire safety is really important. Well, and you mentioned that other fire, Steve. Yeah. There was information now on the cause of that fire. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was a pile of oil-soaked rags that was somewhere in the house. Yeah, y- you know, I it was. It, I read it was like in the breezeway of yes, the home. Yes, I, th- I think correct. that's what they said in the article. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that gets me about that is, do things really combust on their own without a source of ignition? They're saying it was like oily rags that combusted, but was it? I I don't know. I mean, was it near an electrical source? I don't know. Or a, Good point. A heater. I, I mean, just, you just never know. I just remember my shop teacher running around going, "Don't put the oily rags over there. It's gonna get you got a spontaneous combustion." I think my shop teacher was the same guy. Yeah, it was the same guy. <laughs> Cranky yeah. old man. Yeah. Didn't want you to touch anything. What amazes me with regard to the investigations following these fires is they can yeah. tell exactly what happened. The, I mean, yeah. the place is in ruins, and they can tell that it's a pile of oily rags, or they yeah. can tell that it was a single cigarette that was flicked in the wrong place. It's amazing the work they do. Yeah, the, we know? actually uh, we know a guy that uh, used to do that. He was uh, one of, for, worked for the state police. Mm-hmm. He was a fire investigator. Hmm. Remember, they, they, uh, we used to talk to him all the time. Who? His name was Joe. He uh, Who? He, he lives out where I live. But, but he used to be, he used to be the guy. That he anytime there was a fire in the state, he'd go and he'd go yeah. and, and uh, do the investigation. And I he was telling me the one time how they do, how they figure all that stuff out, and it's all these little test kits and things they use to figure there's out. A lot of, there's a lot of science involved in it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's actually kind of a cool thing, but it's like not you know, cool that you have to not do cool it. that you have to do it. Right. Speaking of science, on to the petri dishes at the Roderick L. Ireland Courthouse. Mm. And the one that we have here, growing whatever we're growing. Legs. Yeah. Uh, five people now. Five people who worked at the courthouse have died of ALS, including the three judges who had offices in the same part of the building. This is all according to a letter sent this week by a judge who heads the complex's Environmental Advisory Committee. In a letter calling for a full study and for the troubled courthouse to be replaced, Judge Claudine Weiner also listing 60 cancer diagnoses. Jeez. And the number is believed to be higher. This is so frightening to it's, me. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's ridiculous that they've continued to use this building and told people it's safe to go in there after all of these tests and studies you that know, they've done. Not to, to draw like an apples to oranges comparison. 
But, you know, the same negligence that went into not restoring this building and keeping it safe for people to work in, it's mm-hmm. the same kind of, you know, lack of uh, acceptance of responsibility that you had at the soldier's home. You know, the state yep. had the opportunity to do the right thing, and they chose instead to ignore the problem until a disaster breaks, like at the, at the soldier's home, or disaster breaks and people start getting sick in the courthouse. Well, it's similar also, if you're going to draw another comparison, to the buildings in South Florida that, you know, ha- could all collapse that at collapsed. any given moment because they weren't properly inspected yep. back in the day. Or the they were di- slapped together quickly by the people who constructed the, them. The difference here, though, is this, the state... Is, is the one who is most responsible mm-hmm. for not taking care of these very important, you know, you know, institutions. I mean, you're absolutely right. Construction, you know, oversight, yeah. uh, you know, all those things, you know, were grossly lacking in the, in South Florida. But yep. here in Massachusetts, the, the you, you can only point to the trial court that has, that has failed to listen uh, to the complaints mm-hmm. for years and you know the state that compl- that uh, refused to put the the kind of money and investment they needed into the soldiers all in the name of saving money which in the long run we know doesn't work when people's lives are at stake i yeah. mean it's really ridiculous i, I watched a great uh, netflix documentary recently called downfall about the boeing corporation yeah. yeah and how when they were overtaken and merged with mcdonald douglas mcdonald douglas slashed everything <laughs> safety right and <laughs> Boeing went down the tubes and was passed over by Airbus well, again, from France you know, and has I've, never looked back. I've said this before. The, the, the country is run by the financial industry mm-hmm. in this country. You can make all the regulations. Oh, we right. don't need to make those safety regulations because we own the safety regulations. We can just make up whatever rules we want. Listen, uh, you know, we've talked about this forever since the very beginning here now, uh, since you know, Anthony Galuni pulled people out of that uh, out of that building. We need a new building. We need a new courthouse. I think it should be named after Judge Boyle, and I think it should uh, it should be uh, you worked on now. Like it's not it's it's not mm-hmm. about like you know let's wait three or four years before we can get you know, design plans off the ground. No, now. Listen, there's plenty of other places you can uh, hold qu- trial court, and you know they've already been doing the movie theater. Sure, they could find another venue if it's uh, if it's inconvenient somehow mm-hmm. or whatever. There's ways to do things, and if you're and if you're complaining about money, you're spending more money over the past ten years of studies and renovations that didn't do anything Steve, than you this, are just building a brand new building. If this courthouse were in Boston, it would have been torn down yeah. already and rebuilt twice. Absolutely. So this is a pretty cool one. There's a fisherman named Tim Ryder, and he was fishing off of Plum Island in Newburyport back in December. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, these fishermen, they pull in something odd when their nets cast out there and they bring it in and they're, you know, in this case, he was fishing for scallops. Well, he pulled in, apparently, a woolly mammoth tooth. And there's a picture of it. You can check it out. I'll post the picture of it on the Rock 102 Facebook page. It's a seven-pound foot-long tooth of a woolly mammoth. It's over 12,000 years old. Damn. That is unbelievable to me. 12,000? 12,000 years old. Damn. Yeah. Um, By the way, it's up for bid now, online. And the bids are nearing $10,000 for the woolly mammoth tooth. And that uh, auction will end this Sunday around noon. This is what I'm hoping. This is how I'm going to retire with that magnet fishing thing. I'm going to, like, pull in some sort of old chest Filled with riches. With tre- like a yeah. treasure chest. And yeah. somebody's going to pay me $10,000 for it online. 
You know, Steve, I hope it happens for you. Really. This, this, I find this compulsion to be fascinating. Yes. Well, uh, by the way, you can check out the pictures of it again. I'll post it on our Facebook page. And proceeds of the auction will benefit humanitarian efforts for the people in Ukraine. So a It's a feel-good win-win story. Yes. Highs in the low 50s today, low 40s tomorrow. Rain changing to snow in the morning tomorrow. And that gale warning in effect from tomorrow morning at 10 till Sunday morning at 7. I'm Dave Coombs. That's news to me on Rock 102. Hey, it's Pat Kelly. Join me Monday afternoons at 320 for What's the Word on that T-Bird? Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 651 and the Who on Rock 102. It's uh, back Steve and Dave and hang in there, kids. We've got 50s and 60s coming next week. But for today, highs in the low 50s, low 40s tomorrow, rain changing to snow tomorrow in the afternoon, and a gale warning in effect tomorrow as well. Hey, uh, coming up uh, next hour, we are going to have a little chit-chat with John Oates from Hall & Oates. Sweet. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. All right. You got music? Oh, you want to do that right now? What? What do, Is that what we're doing? Well, I, I mean, yeah, we could do it into the music. Or you want to intro what you're going to do? Or Well, what we're I... doing this new thing called I Have Spoken. You did it last week, and now I'm doing it. Okay. And then uh, maybe Dave will do it another time. I don't know. We're mm-hmm. just going to change this up. So here this is. Ready? On September 24th, 2001, President George W. Bush ordered a freeze on the assets of 27 people and organizations with suspected links to terrorism, including Islamic militant Osama bin Laden, All in response, of course, to the devastating coordinated terrorist attack on U.S. soil just two weeks prior. Later that day, I started my first job in radio at a station across town. (laughs) August 29, 2005, Hurricane Katrina, packing winds of 145 miles per hour, made landfall out in the Gulf of Mexico near Burris, Louisiana, and headed north towards the historic city of New Orleans and then on to the state of Mississippi, leaving a path of death and destruction in its wake. Also later that day, I started working here at Rock 102. Getting the lead out, baby! February 28th, 2022. As Vladimir Tang continues to attack the good people of Ukraine, leading everyone else on the planet to assume this could be the start of World War III, the Bax, Dave, and Steve show debuts on Rock 102. <laughs> there is a paradigm my career has followed with worldwide chaos and tragedy. This new morning show has come full circle with a blast from the past. When I was 12 years old, I would take an hour-long bus ride to school from Marietta, New York, to Marcellus, New York. Our bus driver, Debbie, would play the local radio station to ease the pain of that commute. And it was the first time I discovered Dave Coombs. But I didn't know his name was Coombs at the time. His name was just Dave. And Dave had all kinds of parody songs, jokes, really fun and interesting facts. He made me and the rest of the kids laugh day in and day out. You know, when we were 12. (laughs) I remember the first ranch dressing day. That's right. Ranch dressing day of 1992. We learned that Hidden Valley was a real place and that the top five ranch dressings in Hidden Valley was one of them. So yesterday when we did that bit, it was like listening to it from 30 years ago. Brought back fond memories. When I was 17, I moved from upstate New York to right out down the street here in Wilbraham. And every morning before starting my days as the new kid's senior year at Minichog High School, I would try to ease my anxiety by trying to laugh and turning on Rock 102. There was this loud guy, Bax, ranting and raving about things, <laughs> telling the wrong time, pushing the wrong buttons, <laughs> pretending to BS his way through things he doesn't know about, <laughs> and then wrapping up a bit called The View from the Couch with a gibberish statement that I still haven't figured out 
to this day what he says. I would listen to this and say, man, this guy sucks. <laughs> and I would quickly turn it over to Sebastian because he was a lot funnier. Well, up until that last part of his career with the whole gambling thing. <laughs> The point is, I listened to both of these douchebags as a child. <laughs> Thank you. Let that sink in for just a second. I really didn't grasp that concept until my boss approached me in a meeting last week and said, Hey, nice Hollywood trash, but do you think our audience knows who Dua Lipa is? And I said, Well, yeah, I have two preteens at home who listen to that garbage, and she teamed up with Elton John for a collaboration, and we play Elton John. So, yeah, I think some people would know that. But then it suddenly hit me. It wasn't that our audience didn't know who Dua Lipa was. It was that Bax and Dave didn't know who Dua Lipa was. <laughs> You're wrong! I love her! So I had this whole thing peppered with references to Dua Lipa, Doja Cat, Ty Dollar Sign, Harry Styles, and of course, America's national treasure, Cardi B. Instead, I have to gear my material for my co-host. Luckily, I went to the Museum of Natural History more than my fair share of times in my youth, so I'm very well-versed in how to cater to dinosaurs. You'll now hear more references to things like My Mother the Car, Benson, Don Kirshner's Rock Concert, and Fantastic Planet. Don't be surprised if you start hearing live endorsements change from Rocky's Ace Hardware to Orchard Valley Assisted Living. <laughs> I feel like I'm a kid back on that school bus again, but this time, Debbie ain't driving anymore. It's just two old codgers behind the wheel arguing which doohickey works the thing of a bob to operate this contraption. <laughs> oh, and by the way, the bus is also on fire. It's speeding out of control. It's speeding all over western Massachusetts and northern Connecticut. And if it speeds below 55 years of age, it's gonna done blowed up. <laughs> That's a Sandra Bullock reference. You guys know who she is, right? Yes, we do. <laughs> yes. This is Steve Nagel with a new bit that sounds like America, maybe even the view from the couch, but it's called I Have Spoken, which is just a rebranded piece of garbage with a new name. We'll return with the Back Steve and Dave show after this on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One correction, smartass. I've had a Dua Lipa song on my phone for about two years. So there. Wise wow. ass. There you go. That's about enough out of you. <laughs> Coming up next in the sports on Rock 102. If you're a NASCAR fan, you're going to hear about this new house that's for sale. Stay tuned. It's coming up next. Bax, Steve, and Dave. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your neighborhood paint store. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, while I may be fully vaccinated for any potential aerosol-based global pandemic you might throw my way, I am completely unprepared for the potential ravages of March Madness. But those of you prone to the vice-like grip of March Madness, I'm sure you're aware that this is a sickness for which there is no cure, no treatment, no facilities to check yourself into. All you can take is a downloadable copy of the NCAA brackets and do your best not to get blown out in the first round. You see, folks, this weekend is Selection Sunday. This is the day where the NCAA announces their selections for the tournament, separates teams into geographical regions, distributes the brackets, and watches every idiot in the country drive themselves nuts for the next several weeks. Last year, for example, my brackets finished in 2.5 millionth place on the ESPN Tournament Challenge. My brackets were ruined within an hour. 
This year, I'm hoping to employ a different strategy. Rather than run a convoluted analysis of each matchup, taking into account seating, conference schedules, and statistics, I'm going to shut my eyes and fill out my brackets randomly. There was once a time where I made selections based on the total cost of attending each school without an NCAA-approved athletic scholarship. Turns out, that wasn't such a great strategy after all. In fact, it was an unmitigated disaster. Sure, I suppose I could be addicted to other things, booze, gambling, drugs, fast women. Instead, I'm addicted to the road to the Final Four, and that's a much longer road than a simple 12-step program. By this time next week, I'm going to be completely strung out and ignoring most of my many pressing responsibilities, all because there's a chance that I might accidentally produce a perfect set of brackets. And while the odds are completely stacked against me, there's always a chance that this could be the year. Unrealistic? Yes. Irresponsible? You betcha. And yet, I cannot help myself. So prepare yourself, because things are going to get ugly around here for the next few weeks, and it ain't going to be pretty. But hey, and never mind yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Paint and primer all in one? Get out of here. Does that work? You bet it does. It's called Clark and Kensington, the house brand paint at Rocky's Ace Hardware. Clark and Kensington delivers on the paint and primer all in one promise. Good people. Rock solid service and Clark and Kensington paint at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Springfield. Rock 102. Springfield's classic rock. It's 7-Eleven. And Aerosmith on Rock 102. Ooh. Ooh. See what I did there, huh? Ooh, look at this. <laughs> it's Hall Oats. What I got is what it might be hard to handle. Like a flame that burns a candle. Like a candle burns a flame. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Hall and Oates, man. That's like the music of my youth. Oh, yeah, me too. This is from, I think, my senior year in college, I think, 1981. I'm sorry. I was just a baby <laughs> when that one came out. Of course you were. <laughs> but uh, Hall and Oates cranked out a bunch of hits, and we're lucky enough to have half of Hall and Oates on the phone with us right now. John Oates joining the show. Hello, John. Hey, guys. How's it going? Very Hi. good. Back, Steve and Dave here. Nice to talk to you again. All right, man. Yeah. So uh, you're uh, you're on tour again, and you're going to be uh, in Massachusetts on the uh, the Orpheum in Boston on uh, April 11th, and at the Ridgefield Playhouse in Ridgefield, Connecticut, on uh, May 20th. The songs and stories with uh, with Guthrie Trap. What kind of stories? Hey, you- excuse me. I'm really sorry to jump in. Um, I'm actually I'm not playing at the Orpheum on April 11th. I think that's Daryl and. Todd yeah, we don't care about those. Daryl yeah. who? Daryl who? <laughs> who is this Daryl <laughs> guy you're talking about? I am in Norwood, Mass, uh, and uh, and uh, Ridgefield, Connecticut, for sure. Ridgefield. Okay, well then pretend I didn't say any of that stuff, and we'll forget about that stuff. I'll pretend you didn't say anything, okay? <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. Hey, we were playing clips of you in uh, Family Guy, or do, or mentioned in Family yeah. Guy. Do you, are you aware of those episodes, John? Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know a bunch of those guys, and um, yeah, they're 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 pretty uh, pretty wacky and creative. So, do do you get uh, more offended by the Family Guy making jokes about you, or a radio host who can't get your tour dates right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you know what I think. If you guys had your own cartoon show, I think that that's when I'd really be offended. Yeah, I don't, oh, I don't blame you. Well, I don't blame you. Do, do you get offended in general when somebody does a caricature of you or anything like that? Because I know there's a famous story about how John Madden didn't like the impression that impressionist Frank Caliendo did of him. I think it's a compliment. You know, at first, at first, uh, there's been a few things that I don't care for. Right when it's not very tasteful, but in, for, in fact, most of the time it's not very tasteful. But anyway. Um, 
But you know what? You're right. I think what happens is, you know, you, when you first get over the, the kind of the shock of it all, then you realize of all the people in the world, they picked you to, <laughs> to either mock or to, you know, to do whatever. So that's got to mean something. I don't know what yes. that means, but it's got to mean something. Well, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, if, if someone you know reads about your career and everything that you've accomplished – to hell with them. You're John Oates for crying out loud. And you've accomplished a hell of a lot. I mean, you know, the best-selling duo of of all time, the you know, the Hall of Fames, the awards. I mean, how do you how do you sleep on John Oates for any reason? Hey, well, you know what? Um, hey, spent basically 50 years working my tail off and um, trying to make the best music possible and trying to. Uh, Trying to, you know, trying to lead the good life as best I can, and uh, here we are, and I'm still doing it. There's still people out there who want to hear our music, so you know what? I'm, I'm happy about it. We're talking to John Oates on Rock 102. He and his partner, that guy named Daryl, whoever the hell he was, we don't know. Um, did you have any influences growing up musically? Like, was there a, a couple of artists that you really followed a lot that sort of drove you into the music business? Oh yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I've been been listening to music since the birth of rock and roll. And, uh, you know, the early rockers, you know, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, Elvis, uh, Buddy Holly, you know, people like that. And then up through the years when uh, when the folk revival happened in the early 60s, I was very much involved with, uh, the, you know, all the great roots music that was being rediscovered. People like Mississippi John Hurt and Doc Watson and, you know, Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee. And I, I played that kind of stuff way before I met Daryl Hall. And that's the kind of music I'm making right now with my buddy Guthrie Trap on this acoustic tour that we're doing. So the uh, the kinds of stories that you're telling during these uh, these shows, what kind of stories are, are you uh, are you talking about? Well, I talk about how some of the songs were written, but I also talk about some of the, like I just said some of the some of the music that was influential to me growing up as a kid. Um, I kind of go back in, in time and I talk about. You know, even I even played the first song that I ever played on guitar uh, and sang when I was about six, seven, or eight years old. So um, that's kind of how we start the show. So in a way, it's kind of a little bit of a musical history. Um, and I, you know, trying to show people, you know, the the kind of music and the kind of uh, versatility that I have as a musician that goes way beyond the whole notes hits. Was that first song that you mentioned? Is that a, a well-known song that we would all know? Yeah, it's a it's a song by a guy, a very famous country artist named Don Gibson called "Oh Lonesome Me." Oh yeah, and uh, we start the show that we start the show like that. It's just for fun because it kind of puts it all into context and goes, okay. And this, so this guy was playing this kind of stuff when he was a little kid. All right, well now let's see where he goes, and then we take it right up through the time. And I play, you know, I play some stuff by a lot of influential. Uh, artists like Jimmy Rogers and, you know, uh, Blind Blake, Ragtime, and, and just kind of show people that there was a lot of music that happened in America uh, before rock and roll. And then, of course, we eventually, at the end of the show, we get to some Hall & Oates hits, which I play in a kind of an acoustic way, in a different way. Oh, see, I'd like that. I'd like the, uh, I always like hearing a different version of what you you know normally hear on mainstream radio. Yeah. And uh, I, I I think that's really cool, well, especially because you can do like improv and things like that with it too. Yeah, we. But th- that's the great thing about this show. It's just me and Guthrie Trap with two acoustic guitars. It's completely as authentic and and organic as you can make it. There's no amps. There's no equipment. There's no nothing. It's just us. And we uh, we have a great rapport. He's an amazing guitar player, uh, and uh, we've known each other for about over fifteen years. And uh, we talk on stage, we take requests, uh, it's very loose, and, and um, what we try to do is we try to create a, like a living room atmosphere on stage. This is uh, John Oates on the phone. You know, I think we've, uh, you know, we've had you on the show a couple of times in the past, and I think we've uh, talked maybe like once in, in that time about 
the videos that you and Daryl did back in the 80s. Uh, I'm thinking of, uh, was it Jingle Bell Rock? Am I thinking of that one uh, correctly? You guys did some amazing work in the videos. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was some crazy ones. There were some good ones and some not so good ones. But, uh, but yeah, we did. You know, we were at the beginning of the MTV thing. Um, we actually knew the people who uh, were developing MTV. And they came to us early on and said, hey, we need, we need content. We need videos. And we said, what's a video? And, you know, <laughs> that's how it started. Uh, so, you know, and of course it got, you know, kind of insane after a while with the, the elaborate and expensive videos that people did. But um, we were actually, Daryl and I were the first uh, guest VJs on MTV. So we were there at the very beginning of that whole thing. John, do you have any hobbies? Do, do you do anything aside from music to relax or get your mind off it? Do you have any other pursuits that you like to do? I have lots. <laughs> uh, I drive really fast. That's <laughs> one, <of my, laughs> one of my things. Um, I like. Uh, I used to race cars, and I still keep my hand in the world of uh, racing. I've got a lot of good friends, and uh, do some track days, and I and I restore antique uh, sports cars, and I also like to hike and ride my bike. Uh, you know, we still have our place out in Colorado, so I you know I get out in the mountains whenever I can. I like to drive my tractor. I, I got all kinds of things I do. Nice. Is it, and it, was that one of the reasons why you did the uh, the automobile museum in Newport? Yeah. Whenever I'm on tour, um, I always go to um, car things. <laughs> I've got a lot of, as I said, a lot of friends in the world of you know, collecting and, and things like that. So, yeah, on uh, March uh, March 26th, we're doing playing the Jane Pickens Theater in, uh, in Newport. And um, for, uh, you know, actually for the benefit of the Audrain Collection, which is an amazing museum and collection uh, so with uh, it there in Newport. So, yeah, we'll be doing that. And... Um, yeah, so I try to squeeze in the car stuff uh, everywhere I go. All right, let me see if I can get these dates right again. <laughs> Saturday, March 19th, the Norwood Theater, Norwood, Mass., and then uh, the following night, March 20th, at the Ridgefield Playhouse in Ridgefield, Connecticut. John Oates, it's great to talk to you again. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me on. GG Inks. Rock 102 with back Steve and Dave and the James Gang featuring the guitar work of Joe Walsh there on Funk Number 49 which was named because there was already a funk number 48 that the band did that got its title out of thin air, and there was a following song called Funk 50 as well. But no uh, 1 through 47. No, and, and, and nobody knows why they came up with these titles. If probably you, high, probably high. Sure. Well, if you probably high. high. If you ever uh, had the chance to speak with Joe Walsh mm. at the time, you think you'd realize, I'm surprised there were any ideas coming out of this brain, <laughs> but yet there were. Well, you know, his uh, his Maserati did 185. But then he lost his license, and then he didn't drive. Yeah, and then uh, he lives in hotels, and he tears out the walls. But he has accountants pay for it, yeah, right? right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, life's been good to him so far. So far. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, just a little uh, heads up for next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're already looking at uh, something pretty fantastic. Uh, comedian Frank Caliendo will join us. Frank Caliendo. And a very good possibility that Lewis Black will, too. So that's uh, that's all next week. Man. Not Louis, too bad. Lewis Com- Black. Yeah, comedy big leaguers there, huh? There you have it. There you go. All right. We have news coming up next on Rock 102. Hey, Springfield. Spring on with the new... Yeah. 7.30. We're back, Steve and Dave, and Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. This month, Yankee Home is offering $1,400 off installation with no money down, no payments, and no interest for a full year. Visit yankeehomeimprovement.com and always use the keyword Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's Dave Coombs. Latest on the Ukraine, guys. Hundreds of thousands out of food, water, and medical care. And Disney stepping in to halt all business in Russia. No Disney TV. 
no Disney cruise lines, no National Geographic tours and related activities. I didn't realize that National Geographic was under the Disney umbrella, but I guess it is. Oh, yeah, it's on Disney Plus. They have a whole category of okay. it down there. Mm. So they're cracking down. We'll see if it works. Meantime, closer to home, new life for the former Facemate site in Chicopee. After a 12-year cleanup of two abandoned factory campuses along the Chicopee River, a developer hoping to build there an indoor sports facility, an apartment building, a restaurant, and a brewery on part of the site. The Singing Bridge Redevelopment Project would bring upwards of $50 million in investments to the city of Chicopee at the former Facemate site. Good news. Very I'm, good. Trying to, I'm trying to remember the, uh, the building. <clears throat> I don't even know where it is. Well, by the Singing Bridge. There are... Artists' rendering of some of the plans, by the way, on MassLive.com, if you want to check that out. You know, I, I like you know where when the Tiger Club is? The Tiger <sighs> Club's on the other side of the bridge there. I don't know. I kind of like when uh, you see, like, older buildings get repurposed. Oh, yeah. And, like, uh, like you know, for example, uh, we had some pictures done with our, with our friend Chris Marion. We did? Yes, we did. When was that? The other day. I don't remember that. You were there. I wasn't there. Yes, you were. Nope. Wasn't you were me. standing there posing, doing little coquettish peekaboo shots. Pirouettes and everything. You're you were doing the fan. whole thing. You were fantastic. Any, anyhow, uh, he just moved into a brand new, I'm not speaking out of turn here because he's posted it online, mm-hmm. uh, a, a brand new studio at the uh, the mill buildings in uh, Indian Orchard. Really cool. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've seen other buildings repurposed like this. I think it's kind of cool when that happens. Rather than have these these structures unused, it's yeah. nice to see them uh, you know, redone, rebuilt, and have uh, those spaces uh, being occupied. I live in one in Enfield. It's a historically registered site, the old rug factory in Thomasville. Thomps- Thompsonville, right, Thomas? Oh, man, you live in the good section of Enfield, yeah. huh? Good yeah, for you. Yeah, well, yeah, hey, yeah, what, is, what is your exact address? Does <laughs> <Yeah>. your <laughs> um, Friday night consist of a 30-pack of Natty Daddies and a bottle of pop-off? I, I, Maybe a, a, a bucket of KFC I, on the way? I will say there's some parties going on in the building. There's six of these brick buildings where I live in Enfield, yeah. and there's some there's some loud stuff going on in there sometimes. Dave, do you live in a brick House. I do live in a brick house. He's my, my dad. Don't let me all hang out here. He's a brick <laughs> house. Don't we have? Don't we have some Commodores there? Or no, do you got got that? No, song we did. We did it way better files? than the Commodores. <laughs> that is great. We did it way better. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I agree with you, Bax. I love these old buildings that are repurposed, and I live in one of them, as I said. Hey, NBC saying drivers are waiting over an hour to purchase discount gas at Sam's Clubs, Costco's, and BJ's. Do you have a live, laugh, love sign above your kitchen sink? I do not. I I hate. (laughs) Or a sign that says, my house was clean yesterday. Sorry you missed it. I hate those signs, by the way. Yeah. I hate them. It's not not a cold. It's the wine flu. Yeah. I would get myself in trouble based on a former relationship if I made further comments on those is types she, of signs. Is she here? <laughs> yeah. no. I'm sure she's not well, listening to I, You know, what is so stupid about those, man? Put up a something to represent that feeling instead of spelling it out on a sign for uh, crying that's out loud. How, that's how these ladies live. I guess. Yeah, you know, they, they, they go to like a Home Goods. It's mm-hmm. an impulse buy. Oh, I've got to have this thing. And the next thing you know, it's a... 
it's a sign telling you to wipe the seat when you leave the bathroom. I'm, and, re- I'm really actually interested what your what your apartment looks like. <laughs> well, it's funny now. You, I, yeah. Let's get to the the gist of why you asked me yeah. if I have those signs. So what, why would you ask that question? I don't know. Steve? You just seem like this happy-go-lucky guy that would have uh, positive <laughs> affirmations or, you know, like... Uh, yeah, inspiration is 99% perspiration. I'm glad yeah. you brought it up because yeah. I am a glass half full kind of guy. You are. But I don't believe in that crap. You don't? No, there's other ways to show so, so to show that. Walk us through. You walk in the door mm-hmm. of Dave Coombs' home and yes. what what do we see? What kind of we have furniture? Do we well, have any furniture? There's the sex swing hanging from the <laughs> ceiling in there. I, I know you don't have one of those. I've just <laughs> I've just about heard enough. Yeah. I got two bicycles in there. Two bicycles, both, okay. Both of them, you know, up on trainers for yeah. the winter time. Uh-huh. I got a little artwork. I got a picture of the uh, dogs the, playing poker. No, yeah. Elvis crying in velvet. <laughs> I don't. I have a an artist rendering of the Verrazano Narrows Bridge from back when it was originally built. Okay, sort of the engineers. Yeah. Look of what the bridge looks like. You, you I and I are so similar. I'm a bridge buff too. I love bridges. Get out! You're, 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 you're I'm not sh- kidding. I love going over bridges. When I take the kids uh, when wow. we go on road trips, I'm like, look, it's the Delaware Memorial Bridge. How do you feel about Jeff Bridges? I hate Jeff Bridges. Lloyd Bridges. Lloyd Bridges, I love. How about, about their brother Bo? Bo, I love. Uh, I love Seven Bridges Road by the Eagles too. <laughs> you know, Bo, right. Bo Bridges played basketball for UCLA. I mean, he was a, he was a guard. No could, yeah. yeah. So anyway, back to my apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got uh, bicycles. You got the yeah. bridge picture. Yeah. Yeah. Put, put the Dixie cups <laughs> down and let's talk about how you live. So I've also got uh, a couple of pieces of art that my mom painted that are pretty cool looking. Actually, okay. I'll, I'll take pictures of them. I'll show them to you. Okay. All right. What about like uh, furniture? What do you got for furniture? I've right got. A, I've got a. Well, it's, first of all, it's a studio apartment. A studio. So that's that's, that's an apartment studying to Ooh, be a yeah. real apartment. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. So there's not a lot of room in there. Can you can you poop and cook eggs at the same time? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can. And I got some clean Have materials. You? Yeah, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> All uh, right. I got, got got shag carpet in there. Uh, got um, shag carpet. Yeah, baby. I believe that. Yeah. Is that the original carpet that came with the apartment? No, actually, you know they're very good about replacing the carpeting when a new person moves in. It's right. probably okay. the same shag carpeting they built the place. Could be. With. Could Here's, be. This is going to be a very important thing yes. uh, to Steve and I. Go ahead. <laughs> do you have a bed frame? Yes. Now, why is that important? What to you? kind of bed do you have? Do you have a like a single, a twin, a, a queen, uh, bunk or a beds? Full? Got I got the bed from IKEA down in New Haven. Of course you did. You yeah. know, uh-huh. put it together with the Allen wrenches, the yeah. whole deal the there. Vague instructions, you know, sure. tendonitis in your wrist from screwing oh, yeah. those things yeah. together the mm-hmm. whole time. So I got that. I got a partition separating the bed from the rest of the apartment because, as I said, it's a studio. So you got to almost like make it look like it's two different rooms. Do you do you have a basement where the senator's daughter is in a hole and she has to rub herself with lotion? <laughs> you know there are there are places in the basement of this building where there are rooms like that. Where yeah. Do you have a basket on a rope? Basket? No, I don't have baskets. Yeah. But I do have baskets on top of the uh, the partition between the living room <laughs> and the bedroom. Is, is anything else what I can tell of, you? What is the partition made out of? Uh, it's another IKEA classic, man. Wow. It's like you know, IKEA partition. Yes. Uh, how do you? What is it? How thick is it? Uh, I would say it's probably about a foot thick. Oh, okay. And so it's, it's, it looks like a bookshelf. All right. right. So yeah. it's enough to put baskets on yeah. top. It's not yeah. like you're trying to do a balancing act no. with a folded partition. Yeah. No, it's got compartments, mm-hmm. little you know, open-ended compartments yeah. that you can- Another, s- j- another gallon jug of Jergens oh, lotion each one? Sure, yeah. Close to the- within arm's reach of the bed, just in case. TV? You got TV in there? Sure, of course I do. And then you open up the fridge. What's inside the fridge? Fridge right the- now. Right now, uh, see, I got uh, six bottles of water. And a human head. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Jeffrey Dahmer of Thompsonville. I'm not going to tell you who's, by the way, but yes, you are right. Um, what else do I have in the fridge? I got a bunch of beer that I haven't had for a while. Okay. And um, I've got a freezer full of Omaha Steaks products because when I was doing the Laser Morty <laughs> show, <laughs> I was those, a spokesperson. Those come in handy when you when you have too much of them. Exactly right. Well, this is a this is a fascinating yeah. uh, window into the world of Dave Coombs. I, I'm glad I could enlighten you guys. Look, if there is anybody has any further questions about me and my apartment. In Enfield, Connecticut, feel free. Do you eat Campbell's soup from a can? No. How about do you eat over the sink? No. 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 Don't do that. But I do love the soup at Big Y, by the way. You get it out of the you know the, the, the six vats that yeah. are there. Right. The chicken noodle. Oof, good stuff. Yeah, it is good stuff. Yeah. All right. Are we yeah, done? It's a get to know Dave uh, segment. Well, yeah. you know, listen, uh, you know, here we are. <laughs> How many shows have we done now? Uh, ten. Ten, ten, ten shows. Ten, yes. All right. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. And again, what, what's the phone number if folks want to call in? With yeah, you? if you, want, oh, you yeah. have a question you want to know about Dave, 293-1021. Feel free. Ask away, my friend. Feel free. Absolutely. Hey, the TSA is extending mask mandates. I know you've been flirting with the idea of flying yeah, south. Yeah, you know, the, every day when I check the damn flight prices, I'm driving. There's no way I'm flying. None. Well, you're going to need your mask if you do fly, for okay. those of you listening to us right now, because that mask mandate has been extended by the TSA, not just for flights, but for train travel and other forms of public transportation. Hey, a full complement of 16 jurors now has been impaneled at Hampton County Superior Court for the Nathan Bills off-duty police brawl trial, which is set to begin next week. So soon. Yeah. Well, Why? they really fast-tracked that one, didn't they? Well, it took three days to seat 12 jurors plus four alternates. I know, but it also took, what, now four years yeah. for them to put a trial together? Yeah, hey. yeah. 2015, April 8th was the day. Standing trial would <laughs> my, be... My mistake. Seven, seven years, years ago. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Uh, Springfield Police Officers Daniel Billingsley, Anthony Cicero, Christian Cicero, and Jameson Williams, as well as the owner of Nathan Bills, John Sullivan, all accused of banding together back on that date I mentioned to beat four black civilians in a parking lot near the East Forest Park bar after a verbal dispute inside earlier that night. So this is going to be one of those high-profile trials, isn't it? It was one of those things that uh, they, they found more information. At first it was like, oh, case closed, and we don't have any information about mm -hmm. this. And then uh, somebody from the state came in and started mm -hmm. investigating and realized, hey, look, there's surveillance video from this Bank of America <laughs> yes. right next door uh, that was in the same facing the parking lot. Mm -hmm. So they found more evidence uh, to charge these guys. Most of them have gotten off now, I think, right? Didn't like after 7 years yeah. I think most of them have retired. Yeah. Well, they're all they're all going to stand trial according to this. Not there was more involved oh, than the ones that okay. are standing trial and, yeah. and I think a majority of them have already had their cases dismissed. Well, will will this case draw more scrutiny than the treehouse murder that we went through earlier? What treehouse murder? The treehouse murder? Yeah, it was the, the the murder of the person who was it happened in the treehouse and it, I think it was like maybe Worcester if I'm not mistaken. No, uh, no, 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 we no, don't no, pay no, attention. No. Yeah, that's that, that's Worcester. North yeah, but, of Hartford and mm -hmm. uh and uh west of uh, Sturbridge. Right, but there but I mean there were a spate of uh police incidents that made that made, you know, big headlines. Uh, you know the Greg Bigda thing. This uh, a couple other uh, other situations. I mean, this is a pretty this is a pretty significant trial and a pretty significant outcome right. will emerge as a result of it, one way or another. Not everyone's going to be happy. We have, uh, I believe, phone calls, right? Right. Coming if they want to ask me, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's that, or maybe it's something else. No. I'm a 
Nothing's blinking right now. Oh yeah, and I, I got oh. something. You right? Oh, yeah. What the hell? Why not? Yeah. Put it on Rock one hundred and two. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, good morning. This is Jim. Um, I'm actually calling about Steve's recipe yesterday. <laughs> oh, my my corned beef recipe. Somebody asked me. I just read the email. Somebody asked me about that. I can. Yeah, uh, so you you fill the whole thing with water. All right. This this is how you do it. You take the uh, the brisket. I prefer the uh, the flat cut versus the point cut. But uh, you take the brisket. Yep. You put it into the uh, either an instant pot or a crock pot. Uh, I prefer the crock pot method because it tastes a little bit better when it soaks there for like eight hours as opposed to pressure cooking. Yeah, it. And what yeah, you do, me too. So you take a sixteen ounce <laughs> can of Guinness, right? And you pour yep. the Guinness over the top of the corned beef. You don't wash it off or anything. You just slop that thing right into the uh, into the pot with the peppercorns, and you pour the Guinness yep. over it. And whatever the Guinness doesn't cover, then you fill the water to the top over the top of the piece of beef. Then you take a big thick. Right. Then you take a big thick onion. You slice it real thick, and you just lay it over the top, and you put the cover on. Eight hours or so, you got like the best corned beef yeah, ever. And, and here's the, here's the final thing. Every hour that it cooks, you have to drink yep. another Guinness. Yeah. So that's eight Guinness. <laughs> so that's eight Guinness. Hey. And, and do, and do a shoot. That way it'll taste good no matter what. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Stock right. up. And then take the meat out, and then take the juice and cook the vegetables in it. Yeah, cabbage, everything else. You got it. That's it. All right. All right. right. Thank you very much. Sure. Have a great day. You too. All right. There you have it. More calls? Okay. uh, Rock one up. No, no, guess not. All right. So uh, I thought this would be a good companion to end this news to the interview that we did earlier this hour with one of the legends of pop music, right? Okay. Uh John Oates. Yes. So here's DJ Cummerbund, who's a YouTube icon. Well known for his sick mashups. This one featuring a manly solo vocalist combined with Blink-182's big 1997 hit titled Damn It. Here you go. Feels classic rock at 7.52 and Led Zeppelin on a Rock 102. Going to be not too bad of a day today. Sunny uh, for the most part, but then some clouds mixed in with a high of 53 tomorrow. That's where we're going to see some uh, snow and rain mixed in with a high of 39. It's 26 right now in downtown Springfield. Time for Rock 102 to recognize another mass hat. Going below and beyond other humans in the pursuit of stupidity, incompetence, and embarrassment. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Here's today's mass hat. From Jackson, Mississippi, an assistant principal who read a children's book, has been fired. He read to the class in a Zoom presentation uh-huh. the name of the book, I Need a New Butt. Toby Price says he was fired as assistant principal of Gary Road Elementary School a week after he read the book in that Zoom class. The book, by a New Zealand author, Don McMillan, has a suggested reading age of 6 to 10 years old. So okay. It was well within the parameters of the students he was talking to. And here's the description of the book. Quote, a young boy suddenly notices a big problem. His butt has a huge crack, so he sets off to find a new one. And he finds one with a hole in it. I need a new butt. The name of the book that got Toby Price fired in Jackson, Mississippi. You know, I- They show up, they show out, smoother than a fresh jaw skippy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bruno. Well, you know, there's a, there's a lot of books out there that, uh, I mean, you could say, are these really appropriate for kids? But, mm-hmm. you know, every book has the age things on it. 
My kids used to love a book called Walter the Farting Dog. Yes, I know that one. You know that one? Yes. It's, I, it can't say it's particularly well written, uh, you know, grammatically speaking, but it's a great story of a dog who has a flatulence problem. Mm-hmm. And, oh, boy, does that uh, dog uh, stink the whole place up. In fact, he thwarts a crime not so unlike Steve Nagel at a Cumberland Farms. How about that? Yeah. I think there's another one called Everyone Poops, if I'm not mistaken. And you know what? It's true. Yes. You and, uh, you seem to have this uh, thing with with the excrement. Do I? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, 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 with between the the farts and the guy on the table mm-hmm. and uh, hey, you know. I, I just feel bad for this guy that he was fired over this for think, reading uh, a book that was apparently recommended for kids that age. Are you into scat porn? No. You know, I believe uh, there's a uh, there's a Freudian. Uh, train of thought mm-hmm. about uh, you know certain developmental stages in a uh, in a child's uh, uh, rearing mm-hmm. and rearing uh, good word on this one actually there is an uh, something known as an anal stage okay and yep. uh, I'm yeah I'm not pointing fingers or anything but it seems somebody has not gotten past that one you think I'm still stuck in that uh, quagmire huh I think okay. you're I think you're stuck in that chasm. Mm. Nope. Perhaps. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. we we're just we're just learning new things about you now. Hey, maybe bring a psychological professional on the show to evaluate all of us. No, I was going to ask you if you're uh, if you're seeing a professional because we could hook you up with one uh, very easily. <laughs> yeah, we have names show. and yeah, numbers. Bring them on, man. I, yeah, I'd say we do it right here on the show. And by the way, don't we get any credit, he and I, for knowing that that was a Bruno Mars song when you're making fun of us old guys all the time over here and you're singing Bruno Mars oh, and we immediately... Oh, like, oh, look, the two dinosaurs yes. got one song right. <laughs> How about that? Oh, my God, they knew who Bruno Mars was. Uh-huh. Man. Yeah. Hey, uh, Dave, cover yes. me while I throw one of these tennis balls off my walker yeah. in his head. <laughs> I, listen, there's applesauce and stuff upstairs in the fridge for you two kids, okay? Well, good, because yeah. I won't eat it unless it's strained. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, number uh, to reach us, by the way, in case you want to folk, you know, ask questions or get involved. And I don't know it because I can't. I, yes, I, please. I, let's talk about Dave's psychological issues. 293-1021. <laughs> Bring it on. Please yes, tell us what we can do. Uh, give us your best Rorschach yeah. test stories. Right. That's, that would be terrific. Yeah. <laughs> it's 756. And coming up next in the 102-second sports, the latest on the baseball strike and also some interesting golf news from one of the late-night comedians. Straight ahead on Rock 102. The following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. It's just about 8 a.m. and the weather for today, highs in the low 50s, low 40s tomorrow, some snow in the afternoon after some rain tomorrow morning, mid-30s on Sunday, and then next week back into the 50s and 60s. The weather brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert on all water system supplies from the well through the pump and into the house. Here's your 102-second sports on Rock 102. Baseball is back. On the 99th day of the lockout, the owners and players agreeing to terms on a new tentative collective bargaining agreement, which would preserve the entire 162-game season. Opening day would be April 7th, only about a week later than what it would have been normally. Last night, I was at the Western Mass Baseball Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, rubbing elbows with big local stars like Mike Tremblay, and being entertained by the emceeing job done by Springfield Mayor Dom Sarno. Great event last night at Twin Hills. Had a lot of fun. Elsewhere in sports, in hockey, the Bruins beat Chicago 4-3 to on a late goal from David Pasternak. 
The Bees hosting Arizona tomorrow night at 7. You can hear it on our sister station, Laser 98.5. The UMass hockey team beginning its defense of the Hockey East crown tomorrow night at 7 at the Mullins Center against Providence. And speaking of UMass, don't look now, but their basketball team actually won a game in the A-10 tournament. The Minutemen beating George Washington 99-88. to They take on the Dayton Flyers at 6 o'clock tonight in D.C. in the quarterfinals of that uh, conference tournament. Celtics, meantime, hosting Detroit tonight at 7.30. You can hear that game on our sister station, Laser 98.5. And in golf at the Players' Championship with that fun island green in Florida, it's Tom Tom, not to be confused with Dom Dom. Tom Tom at the top of the leaderboard. Tommy Fleetwood and Tom Hoagie sharing the lead after they each shot six under 66. And some other golf news here from Seth Myers on his late-night show last night. Tiger Woods was inducted into the Golf Hall of Fame yesterday in Florida, but he still hasn't heard back from the Driving Hall of Fame. And that's it for your 102-second sports. Coming up next in his view from the couch, backs on the Major League Baseball agreement next. Hi, folks. Adam Quinville here. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your neighborhood paint store. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, our long 99-day-long national nightmare is finally over. No, gas prices didn't just fall off the table. No, we still have plenty of supply issues crippling our economy. And oh, yeah, there's still that pandemic that we used to talk about. No, folks, today we can all breathe a sigh of relief now that Major League Baseball has ended the lockout and have agreed to a brand spanking new labor agreement. I know that a lot of you are really on pins and needles over this one, but I'm delighted to tell you that baseball, in spite of its many problems, will be coming back to play an entire 162-game schedule. Exciting stuff, huh? Oh, wait do you hear what they've agreed to. Following a unanimous vote by the owners and 26 of the 38 union representatives, baseball will begin spring training this Sunday. Teams can start making trades, free agent signings, and whatnot. And then the regular season opens on April 7th. And in the new agreement, both sides have agreed to raise the minimum salary to $700,000 a year, an increase of 23%, a competitive balance threshold increase of 10%, which of course nobody understands, and a pre-arbitration player pool. They also agreed to a 12-team expanded playoff system, a universal designated hitter, a six-team draft lottery, advertising on game jerseys, and an international draft that would begin in about two years. Now, isn't that exciting? And the best part of the new agreement is that we'll be able to go through it all over again when it expires in exactly five years. Oh, I can't wait till that happens. I can only imagine what sort of injustices will be cited by the union when the owners take full advantage of every possible loophole, deficiency, and technicality they can wrap their greasy little mitts around. In the meantime, baseball is back, and it's going to be moderately sufficient. And that's something that we can all enjoy. But hey, never my yapping sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm looking at five DeWalt power tools right now on sale all month at Rockies for just a hundred bucks. I'm looking on my phone at the Rockies app, and you can look at your laptop or your computer at Rockies.com or pick up the sales flyer right there in the store. What's on sale at Rockies? You'll find it online, on the app, or on paper at every Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.09 in Van Halen with back Steve and Dave on Rock 102. I see sunshine out of our windows here at Rock 102. We're going to have that today. Highs in the low 50s, low 40s tomorrow, but some rain tomorrow morning changing to snow in the afternoon, and there's a gale warning in effect for tomorrow as well. 
you ever have you ever uh, seen somebody win an award, or maybe you've won an award yourself, uh, and then uh, people think you're all great, but you're really not that great? Hey, I saw a bunch of that last night at the Western Mass baseball induction ceremonies, but they were really great, by the way. Well, well, but there are some people out there who probably think, oh, well, that guy didn't right. deserve that uh, that right. that award, sure, because he's a piece of dung. Mm-hmm. Is what he is. Well, you know, uh, Steve, I don't. <laughs> I don't mean to pat myself on the back or anything like that, but uh, September, the uh, Massachusetts Broadcasters Hall of Fame uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> will be awarding uh, myself a uh, a seat on the to be immortalized in the Hall of Fame, which makes me think: Did somebody back out, or was this some sort of clerical error? <laughs> mm, there might be another person at that uh, at that particular uh, event. Ah, yeah, yeah there yeah. there are other inductees. Yeah. I believe uh, I believe Sean McDonough will be there. Oh, and, yeah. uh, a couple others. Nobody else we know, huh? Nobody else we know. Not off the top of my head, <laughs> no. But yeah, you never know. Something. Anyway, a teacher seen on video uh, hitting a student was arrested yesterday. Sixty-one-year-old Michael Hosinski of Elkhart, Indiana. Uh, asked for early retirement last Friday. The same day, a uh, video shows him hitting a student in the face. It happened in the hallway of Jimtown High School in Elkhart County. The force of the blow knocked the student's head into the wall. Well, at least he wasn't reading a student, I need a new butt. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I get, yeah that really get in trouble. That would have really got a gunder's craw. Yeah. yeah, but you know, there's no laws that say you can't read a story about someone's buttocks, but there are plenty of laws that say you can't hit a kid in school. The uh, school board unanimously granted Hosinski's early retirement to become effective immediately, but police have arrested him following an investigation. They are asking prosecutors to file a felony battery charge in the case. I don't know. I mean, uh, this sounds like a guy who finally just snapped after all these years working as a teacher. These kids walking all over him, disrespecting him, eating Tide Pods and ripping bathroom fixtures off the wall. These little scants. I don't, know if, I don't know if you are uh, aware of this uh, also. And another little factoid here. Some kids are jerks. Hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen any examples of this. Let me write that down. Hold on a second. Some, Some kids, kids are, are jerks. jerks. Not every kid. Okay. I mean, uh, my kids aren't jerks. Your kids aren't jerks. Mm-mm. Haven't met your kids yet, Dave. Uh, well, my one kid is not, right. not a jerk. He's I, a great human being. All right. Well, every that's what every father says. <laughs> just, but like, just, just like Jim Beheim with, yeah, his, not my with little his son angel. Buddy there in the punch the mm-hmm. other day. Yeah. I'm just saying that sometimes mm-hmm. our kids act in a way that provokes... A response. Mm-hmm. And if a kid is being a jerk in class, it is everything in their power for a teacher not to want to haul off and smack that kid upside the head mm-hmm. with a textbook. Yep. But that is against the law no matter where you go. You well, cannot hit a kid in school. Even if you're teacher of the year, I would think that that gives you carte blanche to do whatever the hell you want. Even if you are teacher of the year. Um, in I, fact, they may even take back that award. I was hit by a teacher. I was actually Whoa. slammed against a wall by a teacher once. Really? I was in uh, third grade, and I had to uh, sit along the wall at recess because I didn't do some particular assignment uh, that I was supposed to do. Right. So we had to, you had to sit on the wall outside and watch the other kids have fun and mm-hmm. play. And as the, the gym teacher, who had his back turned to me, and I was on the wall, maybe uh, 50 feet away or so right uh this little kid uh bobby i don't know what his last name was but bobby uh, was like hey, hey you gotta sit on the wall so i just did uh, one of these uh bird flipping uh, gestures mm-hmm. at him right and then bobby proceeded to tell mr plum that uh i uh, had had given him the bird 
Wasn't Mr. Plum a character in the game Clue? Yeah, it wasn't, or was Colonel Mustard too busy to show up that day? <laughs> well, this guy was a real uh, jackhole. Anyway, he uh, comes over to me. He was like a former. Uh, he was a former Marine, so you know how those guys can. Yeah, get. yeah, right. And uh, he uh, he says something. Pro- you got a problem with your finger, Mr. Nagel? That's a good like, way to put it. What are you talking about? And then before I could even get an answer out of his mouth, he picks me up by the shirt collar and then jabs me into the brick wall, and my head bounces off the top. I had a nice big lump like that. You could wow. have sustained a life-threatening concussion. Yeah, and you know what I did? And he said, now get to the office and keep your hands to yourself or put your hands in your pocket or something like that. So I go to the office. I didn't tell on him because I was afraid he was going to kill me. You wouldn't be here today if you had. You'd have had a big payout yeah. on a lawsuit yeah. probably, right? But uh, that guy was a real jerk. Hmm. Did you ever have a jerk teacher like uh, that? We had plenty of jerk teachers, yeah. but not uh, but not the hitting kind. Oh, I did. Mr. D'Amico, sixth grade, Bennington, Vermont, with a paddle in the class, and he mm. would use it regularly on all of us. Really? And again, this is the kind of thing today... There'd be a lawsuit you, and, a, you, and a big payday. You had a meeting with Mr. Spanky? Yes. And uh, do you remember what you did to deserve the spanking? Oh, I, I was, I never paid attention in class. I was always creating, I was like the class clown, you know, probably you were too. You were Dave. Yeah. You were the class clown. Mm, so I was always getting in trouble. Yeah, for- see, now I was, a, I was a class clown, but I was never like a, I was never a mean-spirited troublemaker. Oh, I wasn't mean-spirited. Clown. I was just... <laughs> Just yeah. irresponsible. I was the kind of uh, class clown that 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 picked my spots. Mm-hmm. You know, if it, you know, I always, uh, you know, I worked the room. I used my A material. Yeah. I always made sure that I, uh, <laughs> you know, did the open mics uh, first before going into certain classes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I remember one teacher who uh, assu- heard that I may have been a class clown and assumed that I would be the troublemaker. And well, what happened in class would be if uh, this other kid whose name was Howie. Uh, who was a troublemaker, uh-huh. if Howie did something, he would never blame Howie. Yeah. He'd blame me. Oh, is, there, is there a reason why this blah, 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 Mr. Backsnail's like, what are you talking about? I had, I didn't do anything. Howie did it. You know, Howie's smoking dope in the class, but yet <laughs> it's it, it's pointing at me as if I've got some bong oh, yeah. in, my, in my hands. Earned yourself a reputation there, Baxendale. Well, what I didn't realize is, <laughs> is that, you know, my level of class clowning was about, you know, good stylistically uh, approachable comedic material. Mm-hmm. Howie was just a troublemaker. Well, and sort of it's like the situation when somebody commits a foul in a basketball game and then the guy retaliating for the foul is the guy that gets in trouble. Maybe that was your case. I was embellishing the educational experience from all my classmates. Howie was just causing problems, mm-hmm. but yet this guy, this guy had it out for me because for whatever reason, I had a reputation. Well, do you want to divulge his name as I did with mine and as Steve did with his character from the Clue board game? Mr. Plum. Yes. Uh, his name was Mr. Cuthbertson, and he was a douchebag. <laughs> Larry Plum was his name. Larry Plum? Larry Plum. Yo, Larry. what happened to that old bastard? I, I never even knew Mr. D'Amico's first name because he wouldn't allow that because he had to have total respect, so it was always just Mr. D'Amico. Yeah, no I, one knew his first name. I believe Mr. Cuthbertson's first name was Douchebag. Okay. So, uh, Douche Cuthbertson. Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, there you go. There's, there's, a, there's a guy here who, uh, you know, even though he had one teacher of the year, apparently he just can't go beating kids up left and right like he should be able to. I, You know, I know every teacher probably in their, in their minds would love to smack a kid every once in a while, but they know better. You can't you can't smack a kid around, no matter how much of a jerk that kid may be. Mm-hmm. I uh, when I when my kids were on the remote learning, that was 
horrendous for a teacher. That had to have been – I can't imagine having to tell some kid to, to to shut their microphone off 15 times during a class, mm-hmm. even though the kid keeps forgetting to shut the damn microphone off. Or say, uh, it's not time for snack now, Billy. It's not time for snack. No, no, this is math class. <laughs> but, you know, Talk about somebody who wanted to reach through the Zoom call and punch that little kid in the face. Right. <laughs> you know, my my wife is a teacher, so when she was doing remote, I, you know, I'm not going to you know, say exactly the kinds of things that she was dealing with, but uh-huh. uh, she would get done for the day and just like sit and stare at a wall for like 15 minutes before she could even speak yeah. after yeah. something like and that. And then you'd see her walk into the bedroom. You didn't hear a loud bang go off, so you knew she was okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I have friends of mine who are teachers who have quit in the last year because of all this stuff we're talking about. That they just the, can't take it anymore. That is the hardest job in the world. Yep. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 818 with back Steve and Dave and Rock 102. Rock 102 with the talking heads. Back, Steve and Dave. I think maybe one of my favorite pieces of percussion ever in rock. Now, you're a drummer, Bax, I know. Yep. And uh, Chris Franz lives in Connecticut with uh, his wife, Tina Weymouth. Ooh, how about that? I mean, I don't think they listen to the show, but uh, <laughs> you never they're know. out there. You never know. Uh, by the way, mentioned Tom Jones earlier on mm-hmm. the show mm-hmm. with that mashup we had. Yeah. Tom Jones has a version of that song with um, some other artists here. Check this out. Damn. Yeah, you uh, youngsters don't know how cool uh, Tom Jones is. Was he like 90 now or something, right? Isn't he? So that was Tom Jones with the Cardigans, by the way, on their version of that. Too. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, people who are old, this, this, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you guys watched uh, Sesame Street when you were kids. Sure, I did. And uh, yesterday, it was reported that Emilio Delgado, the guy that played Luis, uh, died mm. yesterday at the age of 81 from uh, multiple myeloma. Now. Oh. 81, which means he started in 1971, yeah. the second season yeah. of of, of uh, Sesame Street. I was five at the time uh, he started with the show. Wow. And uh, Bob McGrath is still alive. He's almost 90. And uh, and Frank Oz, who, you know, was, you know, uh, worked with the Muppets forever, sure. is only 77, which means really? he started when he was wow. like... He started that show when he was 24, 25 years old, mm-hmm. which is amazing to me. But these guys that were on the show are uh, are getting old. And these are like, I mean, these are essential mm-hmm. people in my life yep. on, on, the, on, the, on Sesame Street. There's actually a really cool documentary about uh, mm. the Sesame Street. That I, I forgot whether it's on Netflix or, or, uh, or Hulu, but it was really, really cool going about the, the history of the whole show. Nice. And... You know, I'm I'm of that generation of Sesame Street kids, and so mm-hmm. I'm watching all the stuff that I didn't know. You know how they did the uh, all the the Muppet uh, scenes, how they did the uh, the adult scenes, the the death of Mr. Hooper. All these things were included on this, and it was really really interesting. So yeah, Emilio Delgado uh, dead at the age of 81. My favorite segment ever on Sesame Street. I don't know if you have one, Bax. Was put down the ducky. Do you remember put down the ducky? I do remember put, put down the ducky. Brilliant song. Brilliant. You want to know who my favorite one is? Yeah. The two aliens who discover what a telephone is because it reminds me of working here when you open the phones. Nope, 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 n
Bring. Yeah, here I know yeah, what you're yeah, saying, I Steve. It, yeah. I get it. I hear you. It's it's eight fifty eight. News is next on Rock One O Two. Hi, I'm Jeff. It's just about 8.30 with back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. It's time for news, and here's Dave Coombs. Well, quickly, before we get to the local stuff, just the latest on Ukraine. Disney now stepping in to halt all their business in Russia, all their TV channels, Disney Cruise Lines, National Geographic tours, and related activities. The plug has been pulled on all of that in Russia. Meantime, hundreds of thousands without food, water, and medical care. And has our friend returned from the border between Poland and I, Ukraine? Uh, Paul Kozub? I, I don't yeah. think so. I think he was staying until next week okay. sometime. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Uh, weather news. Boston might surpass Worcester in total snow accumulation this year. And that would be the first time since 1974 that's happened, according to the National Weather Service. Uh, Boston has totaled 53.8 inches of snow so far this year. Worcester close behind at 52.1. And but no one's pulled out a yardstick here in Springfield? I guess. I don't know. Or, or we're just so far behind those totals that we don't even rank. I don't know. Or, I mean, they, or it's a story out of Boston that they don't care about Western Massachusetts like they normally <laughs> they, do. They stop yeah. looking past Worcester. Yeah, well, is Worcester considered Western Mass or Central Mass? Or Central it, Mass. Yeah, okay. Central and, Mass. Yeah. Right. It, that's, you know what? It should almost be considered a separate state because it's like, uh, no, as far as they're concerned, nothing happens west of Worcester, which is, as we know, not true. We should uh, secede from the... And, uh, we've, <laughs> We've t- we've talked about that. Dang, never going to happen. We sh- we we workshopped it. Uh, I was just reading somewhere that that New Hampshire just recently tried to do that and it fell flat. Oh, seceding again? Yeah, yeah. Live free or die. Yeah, and yeah. it uh, didn't really get much uh, steam as they were hoping it would. Would that mean you'd have to like uh, bring a passport to get to Hampton Beach? Yeah, yeah, Nobody, it's not worth it. No, you already need to bring a you know a inoculation card of all the diseases that you've had to go to Hampton Beach, so you Listen, might as well need to... On the on the day the man in the yeah. mountain fell off uh, and uh, got ruined, it was almost like, do I need to go back there ever again? That was the day I said, I'm never going back to New Hampshire. That's it. The old man in the mountain's gone. I'm never going back to that state. That's right. So we were joking on this show, I think maybe day one or day two. This is day 10, by the way, for those keeping track at home. And if you're scoring at home, congratulations, Can't by the way. I believe we made it this long. Exactly. Usually there's a countdown rather than a yeah, count, count up. up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we were talking about our desire to push the plunger on the Civic Center parking garage. Well, yeah. plans, according to MassLive.com and others, plans moving forward to demolish the Civic Center parking garage, and it could start as early as this spring. And I don't see any mention in here about us pushing the plunger. Nah, probably not. Now, yeah, it was great built- location for a new courthouse. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It isn't the worst location for a no. courthouse. No, and you could, uh, you could knock the courthouse down and make a parking garage out of it. See? <laughs> Even Steven. Bring it full circle. And a walkover. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. An easy walkover. That'd be simple. That thing was built in 1971. Correct. And in 1972, it was deemed uninhabitable for cars. <laughs> well, uh, the 50-year-old garage, if it were to be repaired, would need things like drainage improvements and waterproof deficiencies addressed. But instead, just blow it up, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've uh, parked your car in that garage. Uh, when you've gone to like a Thunderbirds game yes. or something like that, yes, you have. Yes, I have. All right, it See, is it is horrible. It's it, for, yeah. for one, it's a nightmare to get out of. Yep. Two, 
at least a third, if not more, is inaccessible because it's all you know roped off with caution tape because it's unsafe to park your car in. Mm-hmm. Seems to me if you're you know going to bring in like the big shows or the big events to the to uh, the civic center, yep, you might want to have something a little bit better yeah. than what you have. You know, for there's, parking, there's actually plenty of parking on the street down there. There really is. I mean, it's really not that bad. And if you could park an MGM right now. Uh, in order to walk over there, I'm going to Disney on Ice on Sunday. How Are you that? really? Oh yeah! Don't oh, don't get all man. jelly on me, you two. <laughs> so don't. Disney hasn't pulled the plug here in Springfield yet. No, Disney has uh, will continue to uh, to uh, bring joy to the children of Western Massachusetts. It's funny you mentioned the parking on the streets in and around the uh, Mass Mutual Center because I last week for the Pink in the Rink game, I did park on the street just above, and then you walk down the stairs. Boom, right into the building. Oh, that's a great area, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, you like that. I think, isn't that Pynchon Park? Isn't that what that is? I thought that was Pynchon Loaf. Yeah, I think that's exactly what people do there, but oh, I yeah. think it's called Pynchon Park. <laughs> when yeah. they realize it's an unsafe place to hang out. Yeah. Right, of course. Yeah. Hey, speaking of unsafe, the Roderick L. Ireland Courthouse, deemed to be unsafe many times. Now, new information on this. Five people who work there have died of ALS, including three judges who had those offices in the same part of the building, but... 60 different cancer diagnoses now have been logged, and the number is believed to be even higher. This is going to be ground zero for not just ALS studies, but cancer studies. Well, there's been a lot of studies about... uh about environmental causes mm-hmm. for things like ALS and other diseases. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is a perfect example of why, you know, you, you have a building which every that no one feels safe in and it's it's long overdue not to fix, not to, you know, put a band-aid on an open head wound, mm-hmm. but to actually do something right for a change. I hear you. Hey, this can of kills didn't kill the mold on the uh, on the vent when we painted over it. What's that all about? I don't know. I can barely breathe and tell you what's wrong with it. Right. That's well, right. We, we got the same problem here at the radio station. Again, how many times do we have to say that here? Or can we just get some lawyers on our behalf to plead our case? Uh, if you want to do that fight, <laughs> go right ahead. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be out of a job in no time. Hey, while fishing for scallops off the coast of Plum Island in Newburyport in December, fisherman Tim Ryder shocked that he didn't reel in a clam or a mollusk, but instead a woolly mammoth tooth. Hey, where'd you get this lobster? Oh, I found this rope in the water, and I just kept pulling and pulling, and at the end of the rope was a bunch of lobsters. Yeah, in a box. Look how boxed up for me and everything. Yeah, my father was a lobster fisherman. <laughs> I was say, it's, illegal, it's illegal. Wow. Uh, the woolly mammoth tooth, by the way, 12,000 years old, seven pounds and a foot long. And it's up for auction now, and the bid is nearing ten grand, and will end on Sunday around noon. Proceeds for the auction for the woolly mammoth tooth, will benefit humanitarian efforts for the people of Ukraine. I know you saw this story. You know, talk about, uh, like, fishing. There was a mm-hmm. yeah. there was a guy uh, in Maine, uh, and there's video of this, caught himself this huge 100-year-old lobster. And, uh, and I don't know how you know whether a lobster is 100 years old, but, you know, once he realized how old this lobster mm-hmm. was, you know, it was in the trap and yep. everything. yep. Threw it back in the ocean. Good attaboy. Let but, him go. Uh, first, he uh, thought it was a rock. But it wasn't a rock. It was a rock. A lobster. Meow, 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 meow,
You know, I, I get, love the beef. I think I'd rather hear Steve sing than Fred Schneider. What are you talking about? I, I, I'm sorry. I, I liked his version better. Than Fred Schneider? I yeah. like it to listen to Fred Schneider all day. Rock Lobster! Rock Lobster! <laughs> I'd like to sing, uh, hear like uh, Fred Schneider sing other songs, like some, <laughs> well, you know, some uh, like uh, you know classic rock songs. Well, like, like Tom Jones singing Talking yeah. Heads Burning Down the House. Like she's buying a stairway to heaven. <laughs> I mean, I would love that. <laughs> Burning down the house. Now you're messing with a son of a bitch. <laughs> I am as free as a bird now. <laughs> I think we got his whole album right down now. I just had to send him a note. Yeah, I'm sure he could uh, pull it off. <laughs> hey, he doesn't answer his emails. Believe me, I've tried. All right, so you guys are the cynical bastards. I'm the glass half full guy. I don't know where you're getting that. <laughs> cynical? What are you talking about, Dave? We're mm -hmm. not cynical. We're cyclical. You're that too. You guys are in bigger trouble than I am, according to new evidence supporting an association between optimism and healthy aging. A new study finding that being more optimistic appears to promote emotional well-being by limiting how often we experience stressful situations like arguments, and it affects the way that our health goes, positively mean? or negatively. What do you mean by that? <laughs> See, look, again, this is... Let the information wash over you. Accept it and move on what, instead of questioning it in a cynical fashion. What are, you, are, you, are you suggesting something? It's like you want to get someone off your chest? <laughs> the study suggesting that one possible explanation assessing if more optimistic people handle daily stress more constructively and therefore enjoy better emotional well being. The study, by the way, right out of the BU School of Medicine. How about that? Yeah. See, I, uh, I tend to, uh, to, Eat stress. Yeah. Well, I do that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or stress eat. Mm -hmm. I'll do that. I, I feel stress. I eat stress. Lots of stress. And yeah. then I eat the stress. Yeah. Yeah. Then you. You're, then, then you get. Then that the, the cigarettes are really got a hold of you. Yeah. Then I, no. I'm talking about the marijuana. Oh and then, yeah. Right. Uh, and then I uh, wash mm -hmm. it down with a big glass of anxiety because <laughs> that's always fun. It's a nice recipe. Yeah, and then I come into work every day. Yeah, yeah, that's a great mixture. <laughs> Do you have any uh, like insecurity appetizers before you get into the oh, big entree? I, I load up on insecurity appetizers every single morning. Matter of fact, for the last ten days, I have. Uh, yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah. I went to a, like a a self esteem buffet the other day, and there was nothing there for me. Oh man, I love a self esteem buffet. <laughs> Is that that new place down in West Springfield, the crazy buffet? You no, know, I, I think that's the, the the place in the train station in Palmer. The uh, the, the self esteem uh, uh, tender. Self esteeming tender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we done, gentlemen? We're done. for now. Cynical bastards. Uh -huh. As long as we're talking about food, how about this one? The makers of Cadbury cream eggs have been running a Willy Wonka style promo in the UK, where you can win ten thousand pounds, which works out to be about thirteen thousand dollars US. Here's what happens. If you find a special egg that's half milk chocolate, half white chocolate, you score the major cash. So is it, would that be the one without the yolk? I mean, without the yolk, or is it just like like white actual white chocolate? White chocolate. All right. So, okay. so Willie, the, the folks from Cadbury in England hid about six of these eggs in stores. They look normal until you unwrap them, and then... You see the half milk chocolate, half white chocolate, and there's a number inside of the packaging that you have to call to win. So you don't eat it 
Don't eat it first. Bingo. Yeah. There's a guy who claims he found one the other day, but ate it without knowing about the contest and threw the wrapper away in a random trash can. But he wants his money. Really? Yeah. And did moments later Slugworth show up and tell him uh, to <laughs> grab the ever-loving, uh, the, the ever-sucking uh, gobstopper? Yes. Run, Charlie. Run all the way to the hospital and don't stop until you get type 2 diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> You check your blood sugar, and you check it often. <laughs> and and stop at the stress buffet while you're there. The rules, by the way, the official rules on Cadbury's website specifically say you're not allowed to eat the egg or you can't cash in the prize. You get nothing but hypoglycemia. <laughs> you lose. Good, you s- good day, sir. You stole sugar pop drinks. Fizzy <laughs> lifting drinks. <Yeah. laughs> All right, enough of that. The weather today, highs. That's it? That's all you got? Oh, come on. Oh, my God. You prepared all this stuff, and that's all you got for the news, Dave? (laughs) What do you got, Big Mouth? Well, you're the news guy. You should have all the news stories. I just did it all, okay? All right, fine. I have to separate you two bitches, so what do I got to do here? Highs in the low 50s today, low 40s tomorrow. Rain changing to snow in the p.m. tomorrow, and a gale warning in effect. But back into the 50s and 60s next week. We got that going for us. I'm Dave. Coombs with back Steve and Dave and that's news to me on Rock 102. Aware Recovery Care is here to help you or your loved ones recover. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 849 and the Foo Fighters on Rock 102. I got a gale warning in effect tomorrow from 10 a.m. till 7 a.m. on Sunday and along with that there's gonna be rain tomorrow followed by snow tomorrow afternoon. Highs in the 40s today. Highs in the 50s. So enjoy it while you can. Hey uh, real quick uh, if you missed any part of today's show or any show this week check out the uh the daily podcast on rock102.com. You can also check it out on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Baxi's Musical Podcast. This week, my guest has been Lee Ving of uh, Fear. Real interesting guy, very interesting story behind that band, and you can check that out on rock102.com. Hey, here's something interesting. Uh, Billy Joel is offering exclusive color editions of six of his albums. Those are going to be available at Walmart. All right. Billy Joel album's coming up at Walmart. Watch out for falling prices. And 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 falling Billy Joel songs. Yeah, and up and the uptown girl. What? Well, well, did you have like a Billy Joel thing you were going to say? Yeah, I, I, I thought I. Oh, is that what you were I trying to leave? I served up a juicy meatball to Listen, the younger member of the Dave, show here. You can uh, you can lead a douchebag <laughs> to a joke, but you can't uh, make him tell it. Uh, <laughs> Somebody grab the sniffing sauce to revive Steve. Uh, yeah, this is uh, right here. He's he's the entertainer, but he won't bring it to, uh, to his. He won't bring. To you, his songs, uh, a biopic or biopic or whatever the hell you want to call it, mm-hmm. about the great piano pop uh, maestro Billy Joel has received the green light despite not having any rights to the artist's music, likeness, or name. Entitled Piano Man, the uh, production is coming from Michael J. White, uh, he uh, he of Undercover Brother 2 and Spawn fame. You know, you remember that one. Mm-hmm. Right. And his uh, gigantic studios. However, Joel's uh, rep told Variety that the musician is not involved in the film in any capacity and that there's no intention to grant the project any rights to any element of Joel's personal life story. Then what the hell is the point of doing it? Here's the real kicker, though. The whole thing will be written and directed by Adam Ripp, son of Artie Ripp, the man who signed Joel to his first record deal and produced his debut album, Cold Spring Harbor, which Billy Joel absolutely hates, because it was the worst deal he ever signed in his life. Is Artie Rip related to Rip Torn in any way, by uh, the way? Uh, no, well, no. Well, Rip, Rip Taylor. Taylor. Mm. Oh. 
Uh, does Billy Joel still own the rights to his music, or do he, is he one of those guys that he, sold it? He hasn't sold it yet. I don't he, know. Hasn't. He, he hasn't sold it yet, but this Cold Spring Harbor album, he tells people not to buy that one because that's the one where he gets, like, pennies, like... Mm. Half of pennies, right? To to when it, every time it's played. See, this is one of those things where you know a lot of artists have sold mm. uh, a percentage of their music or, yep. or their entire publishing rights to right. their music. So if you if there were going to be uses for that music in a movie, it would not be the artist's decision to grant. Well, it would be the publishing right. uh, you know company. For example, like the uh, there's a there's like a six episode uh, show that the BBC is putting out about the Sex Pistols, mm-hmm. and the Sex Pistols want to just finishing up or settling a lawsuit in which the uh, three of the four remaining members of the band uh, wanted to use the music and 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 give the rights for this show. Sure, and John Lydon uh, fought them and lost. He was trying to protect the use of that music and mm-hmm. said this isn't a good use of our of our music and he wound up losing the rights to that mm-hmm. so you know artists i think in the next couple of years as they get older and their stories want to be told right may have just sold out their ability to protect their their music because now it's no longer theirs well, well it's not just for movies like you mentioned but for commercial use and st- any use. stupid advertising that we see on television any use yeah. but you know if you're like uh, if you are you know, if you're an artist and you sold it, or like like Bob Dylan sells yep. his, you're thinking, yep. well, yeah, you know, how much more money is my music going to make for me? Mm-hmm. You know, here I am in deep in my seventies, almost eighty years old. If right. I sell it now, I'll get you know two hundred million dollars, and that'll be enough to feed my family for generations to come. You don't think he's got enough now without? Striking a deal like he's, that, he's probably thinking about you know legacy and his family yeah. and his age and but, all that other stuff. But but Bax, if he was thinking about legacy and he had all this money. To begin with, before selling out, if he was really thinking about legacy, wouldn't he not sell out? Because isn't a sellout sort of anti-legacy in a way? I think it depends on the position you're in. Yep. Yeah. At at his age, I mean, that library of music is not exactly selling at the same rate that it was yeah. sold in his youth. Yeah. So now you say, well, if I sell the publishing rights for $100 million to $200 million, it makes sense to do that now. If you're a young guy, you're 25, 30, like if Ed Sheeran, for example, sold his music rights, mm-hmm. that would be a stupid move right? at his age. Because he's is he 35 yet? Yeah, I think he's only 30. He's only 30. Yeah. So he's got a whole life. So, so if at the point in which he is now, he'd have to kind of outsell what he's done in order to continue to make that money. You you wait on something like that, but you lose all control when you sell it out. Like that. You, they could be using your music in tampon if, ads for if, crying if, out loud. If someone gave me a two hundred million dollar check, mm-hmm. they can use whatever I've got for that tampon. But that doesn't ads. help your legacy at all. Is my point. Well, when he's thinking legacy, he's not thinking about his fame. He's thinking about the legacy. For his family well, and and his estate, he should be thinking about his name and his reputation as opposed to adding more money. He's got a guy like that has so much money. What, what does he really need that much more to take care of his family? Does he really need to be sitting on an asset that's not growing? I guess. Look I at mean, you, Mr. Anti-Capitalism. He can do. He can make as much money as he wants. Yes, I, I agree. Can. And I he's agree. earned it. He's earned yeah. the right to do that. But again, you lose a little control. You know. Uh, I went to a uh, several Billy Joel concerts. I saw Billy Joel and Elton John play. That was a that was a that was at the Carrier Dome. I saw that, I saw Billy Joel at the Carrier Dome. Oh so, my God! Maybe we're at the same show. No, Wouldn't I didn't that see. Be crazy. I yeah. didn't see that show. I saw a solo performance. But. Uh, but it was a it was a it was the dueling whatever the hell dueling piano. Yes, dueling piano. Piano, yeah. piano men. They played for four hours straight. 
It was it was uh, one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Four hours. Well, it wasn't all. You know, they would take a, each take a break, but one would come out. And, you know, sure. it, first they both came out, did it. Then Elton would do his thing for like forty five minutes. Then right. Billy would come out for forty five minutes, and then they'd do another forty five minutes together, and then they'd switch back and forth again for yeah, each but little then set. It takes you an hour and a half to get out of the parking lot. Well, then yeah, but I mean, if you're, home. you know, if you're the real fan, and it started right on time, you know, usually when concerts say seven thirty, there was mm-hmm. no opening act. It started right at seven thirty. Well, for guys that age, yeah. they got to do the early bird special with the show. And then uh, one time, I saw him <laughs> down in. Uh, I was a teenager. I saw him. Uh, it was the nineteen ninety four. I think. Uh, anyway, he was playing at Madison Square Garden, and mm-hmm. I had gone with my sisters to go see uh, Billy Joel, and I. Didn't want to spend $40 for a T-shirt inside the joint, so I bought one of the cheap $10 T-shirts outside on the street. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then I'm holding it up, and I'm walking down uh, whatever that street is there uh, next to Madison Square Garden, the big the big one. The big uh, main Broadway? One. Yeah, something like that. Okay. And I'm walking down the street, and I'm holding the shirt up, and I bump into this biggest guy I've ever seen in my life looking down at me. Patrick Ewing. No, and I said... Uh, Oh, uh, I'm sorry, sir. And he's like, no problem, Steve. Have a good night, Steve. Watch where you're going, Steve. And I'm freaking out going, how does this guy know my name? I'm wearing my uh, high school wrestling (laughs) jacket with this (laughs) lapel that says Steve on the side of it. And I'm like, oh, my God, how did that guy know who I was? How long did it take you to figure it out? Uh, Probably a good 25 minutes. And I'm like, oh, it's on my shirt. Do we and we don't know who the guy was? Obviously, no. he was just a guy who was messing with a nice little white kid from the upstate New York area. That's what he was doing. It's uh, eight fifty-eight with Back Steve and Dave and Rock One Hundred Two. How many 